and welcome to another episode of the Bakari Souls Podcast. Today, we have none other than a great talent himself um, from Decatur, where it's greater, Omar Dorsey. What's going on, my brother? How are you? I'm good, Bakari. How you doing, man? Man, I am doing good. I'm sitting here in my office trying to act like I'm a lawyer, and I just like to come to the office so that uh, Hey, I do too. That's why I'm in my office too, man. Yeah. <laughs> so people see you in there, they be like, oh, you got a real job. Um, you know, we we start each one of our episodes by having our guests walk us through their career arcs. And you've been in the business now for over two decades. At what point did you know that acting would be your calling and that people would pay you to do this work that you love? Man, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I, I My mother used to be a director, right? A theater director. So I used to go to, uh, when I was two and three years old, I used to go to rehearsals with her. And I've seen people on stage and I said, that's what I want to do when I grow up. So oh, wow. um, just training me from that point on, man, told I wanted to do that. You know, of course, I still played sports and all of that. But my focus was always on um, on acting and a little bit on piano. Um, but then that even drifted and just got more into the acting. So I'll say, man, but since I was a kid, man, and I went to perform in our high school and all of that, man. So, um, you know, uh it's always, always been my um, focus and it's always what I wanted to do. And it, I was blessed when I was young, I had teachers who were working actors. I had uh, Samuel Amalami um, and Liz uh, Williams Amalami, that's Jose Williams' daughter. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, so they you know, they do the uh, Feed the Hungry, Jose Williams Feed the Hungry um, pro, uh, Foundation in Atlanta. But they were my teachers. And so uh, I, I, you know, they were always working. So I, when I was 14, 15 years old, I was going to premieres with them meeting people like Sam Jackson and meeting people like Spike Lee at that age. Um, you know, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do, you know? And so it's been like that forever, man. Man. Tell me this. Do you like the stage or do you like screen more? I mean, I like, uh, I mean, I, like, I know checks, I know checks and money. Different. There you go. There you go. See, now we're talking. See, now, we, now we're going to talk. All right. Like, yo, I mean, there's nothing more gratifying than being on stage and getting an instant uh, reaction from the audience. Right. But I'll tell you what, but them checks don't be looking too right on stage. But I still do a play. You know, I jump on the stage. I haven't done a play since the uh, after the pandemic. But the last one I did was uh, Between the World and Me with Tony Hossie Coates play that we did at uh, the Apollo. And we did it at the uh, the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra. That's the last one I did. And that was uh, probably 2020, 2019, maybe. 2020. So you're not out there looking, but if it comes to you, you ain't you ain't avoiding it, basically. Well, dig, I got friends. Like my, one of my one of my mentors is Kenny Lee, and I'm one of the best, one of the greatest uh, theater directors of all time, multi-Tony uh, winning um, director. Had dinner with him a couple of uh, weeks ago. You know, he is forever doing something on Broadway, forever trying to put it in my ear. I need you on Broadway. Because I've been with him since I was 13, 14 years old. Yeah. He used to have uh, used to be a just director of Lions Theater in Atlanta, and he had his own uh, theater, True Colors, in Atlanta. But he's like now one of the big, one of the top three uh, directors theater wise in the world and television and film. But uh, you know, I had dinner with him uh, probably maybe about a month ago in, in New Orleans, and you know, he's trying to drag me in, man. I'm like, I gotta see, what, I gotta see what this schedule looking like. But I would love to jump on the stage. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira. Confluence and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. 
Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Let's talk about Queen Sugar, man. For people who've been under a rock, I know, but tell tell them what is Queen Sugar about. And Queen Sugar is a beautiful show. It's about the Bordelon family uh, who reside in um, St. Josephine Parish, made up parish in Louisiana, but it's not too far away from New Orleans. But just simple people who actually own a, um, a sugar uh, farm, you know, um, and it's the ups and downs of family, the ups and downs of ownership, the ups and downs of farming, uh, the black farmers, uh, you know, the things that they have to go through. Uh, you know, when when you're in a parish, when you're in a place where, you know, the powers that be, the other people around you are trying to hold you down a bit, but, you know, they keep fighting through and they keep trying to make it work. But it's the ups and downs of fa- family dynamics, too. You know, um, I'm mar- my character, Hollywood Desenay, who I play, one of the greatest uh, men ever written on television, um, is married to uh, Violet Bordelon. She's the matriarch of the family. Um, and, you and you know, in the first earlier parts of the season, you know, he was uh, the boyfriend. And then as he became the husband in season three, then he uh, in many ways became the patriarch, especially after uh, Ernest Bordelon, uh passed away. And that was in uh, episode one of, of the pilot, you know, uh, played by um, the great, uh, uh, oh God, why am I tripping Glenn Terman? I'm sorry, that's my cousin. I was like, y'all killed, <laughs> y'all, killed Glenn off, y'all killed Glenn off early. Hey man, but Glenn is, a, is the he is the heart and soul of the show. He is the bloodline of the show, and um, he's never been off. In my opinion, man, you know what I'm saying. That's true. Like, you That's know, true. I mean, he is the uh, his you know, story the off screen. Though I, I, we were on a we did a, a we TV special on or own special on Black Fathers, and his uh-huh. have you have you heard have you heard Glenn's story? It's crazy. I mean, it's Which story. Like who he is and how he got to be who he is and his family and his life story and him being a father. I, mean, I know a lot of you. Like I said, he's my cousin. I mean, you know what That's I'm saying? Cousin? I, yeah, he's my cousin. So, you know, we, we chop it up a lot, man. I know a lot about Glenn. I know a lot about Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Hollywood then, because Hollywood is my favorite character on the show. Oh, man. And, I mean, you you said a mouthful when you said the greatest character ever written on screen. I I, I, had, to, I had to think that through. He's definitely yeah. up there. But how has your character evolved over the course of the show? You know what? Okay, I say the greatest character. It's hyperbolic, right? But no, decently me, hyperbolic, sensationalized. But, but I have to feel that way, right? You, you should. Know, no, but I the, have to feel that not, way because I have to play that character. But it's but not I, out of the realm of possibility. What, he's a top tier character. He's, he's a top tier man as, as a dude, man. Like, and honestly, just playing him has changed the way I am in life. The way I relate to to my family, to, to to my lady and to my daughters and to my parents, you know, it being more of a caring and um, you know, compassionate person. Um, but like, yeah, Hollywood, uh, the the evolution of Hollywood, like I said before, he was a he was a like first season. Um, he was the matriarch's boyfriend, 
who uh you know it was in every episode. He got a couple of uh had a couple of hiccups there. He had a, he was the boyfriend, but he had a wife who he was estranged from for years. And the only reason that he had the wife was because he wanted her to keep the insurance. It's not an excuse, you know what I'm saying? But um that uh but from that you know he ended up getting a divorce in the middle of the season even though when, when his girlfriend kicked him out because she's like it can't be with a married man uh but uh then he uh you know guys divorce he had a little transformation in life and then at that point he was working in the you know uh, offshore drilling so he'd be going off for a couple of weeks and he'd come back so the end of the uh the end of season one he was off and everybody thought that you know his ship blew up so everybody thought hollywood was gone and then, okay, that's y'all, y'all have taken us on a y'all have, but the, the thing I like about Hollywood is he encapsulates like all the different variables of being a, a black manhood. I agree. So I agree. Do you, do you, I've asked a lot of we've had a lot of actors on the show, and, and it's 50 50 the way people answer this question. Do you feel a responsibility when you have these characters? Like, I can't imagine, you know, I can't imagine Omar Dorsey doing like baps for men. Like, I just can't, I just don't see right. you playing that role. But do you feel some sense of responsibility? When you play characters like Hollywood, you know what, man? All right. So one thing about it, uh, Bakari, I do, man, I, I play an arrangement of characters in my career, right? Well, while I was playing Hollywood, I was also playing bigger, long and Harry. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because but, uh, yeah. The person I am, I don't want to be bored. I want to be just as one person. So it, it, it's, it's, you know what, when I'm out in the streets, man, um, it's tough because they they don't really call me. They just started calling me Omar. They've been calling me Hollywood for the last four, five or six years. So <laughs> it's a thing that you sort of have to live up to. But that decay to come out sometime, man. I can't help it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't just I can't be the, the the just happy go lucky dude. Sometimes when the Falcons lose the Super Bowl, when they I don't even talk about that. three, you, you know what I'm saying? And I'm in taking, Houston. I'm yeah. sitting beside Ty Law. The Hollywood ain't gonna be there. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be a, be a lot of expletives coming out of my mouth. It's gonna be some, you know, some shoutings and what, what, you know, all of that. But you know, it's, it's not a sense of responsibility. You know, I, I find to try my, I, I try to play characters that I know what the image is, right? Yeah, yeah. And you want to play that, you know, even right now, Raising Canyon. I'm in the show Raising Canyon now. Uh, you know, I know the character that I'm playing now. When I read the script, and I said, I understand what he is, but there's certain things that I, certain uh, lines I can't cross. You know, when yeah. reading the script and talking to, uh, the, you know, Sasha Penn. And Mike Flynn, who the uh, uh, Sasha Penn is the um is the, is the showrunner, and Mike Flynn was the uh, co EP. And that's just certain things I can, I'm not going to do, you know, uh, <laughs> just just because like it's just a bad look, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that's yeah. a question, and yeah, yeah, I mean you have lines. Yes, yeah, for sure, but um, yeah, but playing Hollywood, man, it, it, you know, it's it it, 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 you carry a quote unquote burden with you when you're walking down the streets because people. Are they going to my girlfriend like, oh, I love, I love him. She's like, you don't really know him. You love Hollywood. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> how, speaking of that, how has the relationship between uh, Hollywood and Ivy evolved? And what does season seven have in store for them without giving away any, any secrets? Hey, man, I tell you what, it's a beautiful thing. You come from being somebody's boyfriend and somebody's husband to, you know, um, and and now they, they you know, they, they have things that they want in life. I don't want to give out too much, but there are things that they want to do, they're things they want to do for the community. You know, they're things that uh they that that they want to uh give to the world. I'll say that, you know, and and this being the last season, you know, these are the things that we want to leave people with an indelible mark of what Hollywood, Desenay and, and Violet Board alone are, are are want to give to the world. I don't want to give out too much, 
But yeah, it's a very beautiful. This is going to be a very beautiful uh, storyline between those two, and between okay. Hollywood too, because Hollywood is going somewhere totally different with it. Look, one of the questions that I have for you is that you know you're coming up on the last season of Queen Sugar, season seven. Dog, shows don't make it to season seven. Like, Dude, why, how has this been so successful? Man, you know it's the writing, man. It is because you know things can get stale sometimes. But uh, the way that uh, the, our writer's room and the way that Ava, when she puts that fingerprint on there, man, like people are engaged into seeing the life of the Borderline family. They really are. You know, it's their family. That's, they feel like, you know, we're putting a, a camera up on their lives and in their bedrooms and their living rooms, man. Um, I think people are just so invested in these characters. I, I, I never, never in a million years that I think that I would be on the show for seven years. You know, I mean, every show I ever did was only for one year. I do one well, year. I mean, that that leads up to one of my next questions. Like you've been you've been in the business a long time, and how has Queen Sugar changed the trajectory of your career? You know what? It, it put me in a different light. Um, people can see me now as a husband or a, a, a serious a, actor. A, 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 I was known as a serious actor because I've been in so many Oscar winning movies, right? But like just uh, um, uh, the, I'm known as somebody who can probably carry a show now. You dig? Oh, that's like, well, that's yeah. Because I mean, now, for me, I mean, I'm just gonna be honest. It goes. It goes Denzel Washington, Omar Dorsey. In my hey, mind. man, you know what, man? <laughs> Damn, you got Denzel over me? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. No, but like just somebody who can carry a show, man. I mean, you know, look, I am no. Is that my phone? Yeah, that ain't mine. That's fine. Though. Man, See, that's Denzel. That's right. Denzel calling. <laughs> I know, right? No, I ain't got a FaceTime on my phone. My thing. Yeah, man. But um, yeah, but it just, you know, it, it, and it gave me a really nice fan base. You did. It gave me a really nice fan base of people who, ride with me and they're like well what are you doing next what are you doing next for sure um and you know i'm in a blessed position because i've been on television for seven years that my work is out there so the auditioning thing is not you know it's just a phone call it's phone calls now oh, people so calling audition. they're not calling you to ask you to audition they call no you not at all i mean well, i mean maybe sometimes they do maybe like but I, I don't even remember the last audition i had i think my last audition honestly was probably a harriet and that was three or four years ago you know That's so right. But now you it's know, just one of the unique calls. one of the unique things about Queen Sugar and, and you you've seen the writing and you talked you mentioned it but we've seen maybe like the power series which you're also a part of yeah. but for a very long period of time we only we never really saw a black family sitcom but Queen Sugar it broke that mold and you guys deal with some serious serious topics and loss and police brutality and non-traditional families and all right. of these other things uh, what's the Queen Sugar recipe, if you will, for how do you do serious topics authentically and consistently well? You know, one thing about it is that we stay current. Um, you know, um, so whatever it is, whether it's, uh, you know, you said police brutality, you know, these are things that are in the headlines every day. And then, you know, especially the season five is when we had the, uh, you know, we were in or is a quarantine um, season. We were literally in quarantine. We were literally in a hotel that they rented out for us and we weren't around anybody else. Uh, so the sign of the times is, is exactly what it is. It's not a lot of, it, it's evergreen things, but it's not super evergreen where you can just put out, write out a script and you can just put it out and, you know, for either now or 10 years from now, it's, it, 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 it is, it's, it's, a, it's a print, right? It's a time capsule. Yeah. Uh, when we you know when these shows are shown, 10 20 30 years down the line uh you will you'll be able to like oh this is what it was in 2020 this is what it was 2019 2021 21 22 oh okay this is where we are with that you know 
This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. What do you think this show's legacy will be? And, you know, I think it's going to be up there with the Cosby show. I don't even know if you're supposed to say that out loud and a different yeah. world and right. those type of shows. Where do you, what do you think this, this show's legacy will be and where it will be in the annals of, 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 you know, black TV? I, I, I agree with you. I think it'll be on that, on that pantheon, in that pantheon. Right. I think uh, as far as black drama goes, um, you know, we talk about a different world. We talk about uh Cosby show, um, even the sketch shows like Chappelle and, and Living Color. These are the things. Martin, like, Martin, Martin, Martin sketch. I mean, no, another sitcom. But drama wise, I think this this is, sits in its own league as it is right now. Seven years running. Um, I don't even remember. I mean, I remember when I was younger, like rock, but rock was, uh, you know, it was comedy slash is drama. That's true. I forgot about rock. Yeah, I, that was one of the ones for me. Um, but you know, when we had other shows like uh, Frank's Place or uh, other uh, dramas, they didn't last this long, three or four seasons, maybe. Uh, but this, maybe if, if you're lucky, they had three or four seasons. Now, they always want to see us laughing and once I was having a good time. But in the drama and telling these stories and the way that we're doing it, we haven't seen that a lot. I see. I know the shy is coming up. I believe it's season six for the shy this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, we it's those type of things that that I, I, that I really believe. But once again, this is not a hyper reality thing. I'm in power. It's hyper reality. We're talking about the drug world, you know, in, in power. But in, in Queen Sugar, what we talk in Queen Sugar, what we're talking about is family life, right? Um, that's not, you know, that's not so, everything's not so pressed all the time when you have a show like Power, where where, where everything is like, it's immediate. And it's things intense. happen right now. It's, it's intense. intense. It's a different it's level of intensity. It yeah. is, because you're dealing in the underworld. Um, yeah. This is just regular people living regular lives, man. And it's a reflection on who we are. 
And I think people are thirsting for it. What are the demographics? Who, who are the people that watch Queen Sugar? Because I've amazing. always been inquired. To, uh, I, that, and I, I don't know if you know the answer to it. And I don't I'm, I apologize. Well, what no my well all, all, well, all I can do is tell you from from my perspective what it is. Um, it's black people. But um, <laughs> but, but but the thing about it is like I could have the most white collar dude in the world. Like, oh, man, I love what your character said in the other. I could have the most blue collar dude in the world. Like, man, I love the way you reflect me. You know what I'm saying? And, and women, of course, because it's on own. And then you also have white people who f- whose friends told them to watch it. Man, I'm in I'm in Utah. And this lady runs me down at the airport. Like, what's what's going on? It's like, Hollywood, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I love you so much, Hollywood. I was like, <laughs> wow. She's like a 60-year-old white woman. And it's like, okay, oh, bet. All right. All right, you're watching it too. But I think, you know, our demographic is us, is black folks, man. Yeah, but that's, right. that's, that's the that's the major demographic. That's what I, and we we, we got a lot of buying power. We watch TV. Tell, tell this, how can people, if people want to binge watch, binge watch Queen Sugar, how would they go about doing that? And how can they catch season seven? You can uh, binge watch Queen Sugar on Hulu. Uh, you have, they have all, but you have all six seasons on there right now. Talk about this. You, you switch gears just slightly before I get you out of here. Talk about talk about raising Canaan and, and and that power series and Fifty Cent and all these other things. What is it like being over there? I mean, you just collecting checks from everywhere. I might have to come hold something. Listen, bro, and I got Halloween three coming out, baby. You already know, man. The Black well, Halloween three. Yeah, bro. I ain't they ain't kill me in Halloween one or two. So I'm going ahead, go and get this Halloween three coming you out. Better not say I that too loud. You're gonna be dead in the first 10 minutes. What movie hey, is that with bro? No, it's coming out. We already shot that thing. Samuel <laughs> Jackson was out there with the sharks. Yeah, I know. And he died in the first 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 scene in the water, Samuel Jackson. Yo, but yeah, Raising Canaan, man. It's um this is the second go around with me and 50, man. We did this uh Filmed together years ago, years, years ago. Um, I forgot the name of it, geez, but we were, we got the name of it. Man, 50 done so many movies since then. I have too, but it was me and Bruce Willis and Ryan Philippi. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I did the movie. It's called The Setup. Yeah. It's called The Setup, yeah. I just watched it on Netflix the other day. And, and, and me and 50, man, we, every time we see each other, we always laugh like, man, we, we're going to get it back in. We're going to get it back in. And then, so when they called me about raising Canaan, um, I was like, I want to really work with Patina Miller a lot. We were supposed to do a show on Broadway together uh, four years ago. It just fell through. It was me, her, and Jonathan Majors. Um, and it just fell through. Uh, but uh, and when, when I read it, I was like, oh, I'll get to work with Patina. I get to be her dude or whatever. I get to be her, you know, her, whatever, whatever, man. Uh, we get to be working with her. And it's just dude, Cartier Fareed, man. It's just like the, he's like the, most gregarious uh, Don King, Shakespeare spitting um, uh, king of the underworld that you've ever seen, man. He's just, it's a fun character, man. It's, I just play it so over the top. It's just, and it's, it, I think it's going to, everybody who I talk to uh, at Stars and, and, and everywhere, all the producers, like it's everybody's favorite character this season. Well, look, man, we, we, I, this has been a fun conversation. Last question I got for you is, Tell me what you got coming up. I know we went through Raising Canaan and we and we went through uh, we went through Queen Sugar, but tell me what you got coming up that you can talk about. Don't get fired and lose no money because don't you get sued. Yeah. <laughs> I got. I have. Uh, I guess I got Halloween coming out October the fourteenth. I got another movie I just wrapped a couple weeks ago called uh, Water Boys. I play. Um, it's about. I don't. You know, you're from Atlanta. I mean, you went down Morehouse, but uh, the, the little boys who walk on the side of the road who are selling they, the water. The biggest hustlers in all of. They, all they are, but it's, we, we follow the life of one of the kids, man, and then I become his mentor. 
I, um, I own a print shop and I um, started mentoring one of the young fellas. And, you know, all through all of his ups and downs and the tragedies that he has, you know, I'm a person who's always on his side. So we have that coming out, directed by the great Coke Daniels. I'm oh, shot yeah. at Atlanta, man. Um, but yeah, that, that, uh, yeah, we just wrapped that a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, and I'm on, now I'm just sitting in my house in Decatur and I ain't going outside. There you go. Brother, you are doing God's work. You're doing it really well, man. I appreciate you. Omar Dorsey, thank you for coming by the show, man. Thank you, McCartney.